0: If you're new here, and you haven't been around, um, we have been going through the book of Luke, except the past couple weeks, we have not. So we took a break to do our vision series. Uh, We have had, obviously, the youth were at camp. We've had some other things. So we did the book of Luke uh, starting in December, leading up to, obviously... Jesus' birth, right? So we did the Kahoot today to remind us a little refresher of what has happened so far. So uh, I'm glad Pastor Tim got first place. If he got those questions wrong, I would have uh, been a little bit worried. Uh, good job to all of you guys. If you were around for the first messages so far in the book of Luke and you blundered on the Kahoot, it is okay there is redemption for you still. God loves you still. If you forgot that it was the Magnificat and not the Magnificent, that is okay. Uh, If you thought that uh, Zachariah started talking right when John was born, uh, that is okay. He he had to wait till after, it was a week after he was born. Uh, And then when he wrote down John's name, uh, that is when he spoke. There, There were some amazing things. So I was gonna review those in my message. I'm like, let's do a game. So in, in youth group, we'll, we'll play games and we'll do fun stuff like that. So it's awesome to have you guys apart. I have a message for you guys. There is one other thing that we do in youth group that I want to share with you guys today. So if I could have a couple of volunteers, there are some pages over there, probably like four or five of you if you guys want to help. There are some pages over there. I am giving everyone a note page. So what we have in youth group, you probably see over there also, we have binders, we have note binders, and we fill up our note binders with what we're learning about, we take notes and all those things, um, and I'll give out a note page. So we are going to hand out note pages to you guys this this morning, so you can take notes through the first section of Luke chapter 3. And just to let you guys know, we are going to be talking about John the Baptist this morning, We are going to lead up through what he does up until Jesus gets baptized. So if you're excited and ready to learn about Jesus getting baptized, that will be next week. Today, we're going to focus on John the Baptist uh, and what he does right before Jesus enters into his time of ministry, which starts with him being baptized. So as those young people are handing out the note pages, if you don't have a pen today, we do have some pens. If you have a digital Bible and can change the translation, we are going to be reading Luke chapter 3 out of the New Living Translation. So if you just want to click onto the NLT, go ahead and do that. If you have a paper Bible, you can't change the translation on that. So you'll be good. You can follow along. Thank you to the lovely outlet for all of your help. Does anyone not get their note page yet? Are you working on the end there, Hannah? Right here, some of us, some of us yeah, note pages. My, my young people looking at the note page right off the bat, probably notice something different. What's different about your note page today than normal? Sam? There's five points. How many points do I normally do? I normally give them three points, three easy things to remember out of our reading. Today there are five points. When we get into the points, there's also something a little bit new and interesting that you're going to learn from. But right off the top of our message today, do I have someone? Remember, you guys, the more wise, seasoned, uh, experienced of you, you guys are joining in to the youth service. So this is, this is how we do youth service. So do I have someone that would like to read in the New Living Translation, Luke 3, verses 1 through 3? Come in this way. Excuse me. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you. I'm going to take a seat right here. All right, we're all looking at our Bibles. Go for it. It was now the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius. The Roman emperor Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee, and his brother Philip was ruler over Itura and Trachonitis. Lacinius was ruler over Abilene, and Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Thank you, come on, let's clap, let's give it up for Steve reading. Steve, do you like Rolo, Kit Kat, Whoppers, Hershey's? Yeah, that's good. That's what my daughter would choose. So our our point number one this morning was John's message. Point number one is we need to prepare. And this is exactly what John the Baptist was doing. We need to prepare. He told people to repent of their sins, to be baptized, to put your old self to death. He told people to turn to God uh, even though... There was not yet a salvation work. Our debt was not yet paid, but he wanted us to be ready. He wanted us to prepare our hearts. He wanted us to know what he was doing. He wanted us to know what God was up to. He wanted us to know and prepare our hearts for something amazing and something mighty. He wanted us to be ready now the old testament is a whole book of god's people trying to be close to god trying to do what is right struggling over and over again to get close to god but there was no messiah yet they had the hope in the messiah there was no salvation yet there was the hope of salvation, there was no forgiveness of sin yet because we didn't have Jesus yet. So the whole Old Testament, even up until now, because we're still before Jesus and John is trying to prepare people's hearts, he says, you guys to be, need to get ready for what is about to come. You guys need to prepare your hearts and get ready for what is about to come. John the Baptist is telling people, and and it's kind of interesting here, that John the Baptist, uh, where do do we catch up with him in the story? Because we actually haven't seen John the Baptist uh, since Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, John the Baptist uh, is born. So we haven't seen him since a baby, and all of a sudden we catch up, and where is John? He's in the wilderness. He's an outcast. He is kind of... Uh, uh, probably seen as someone who is a weirdo, probably seen as someone that they want to be distanced from, probably because he is setting himself apart to prepare for something awesome and amazing. Uh, I think it's cool that also uh, John the Baptist, even when he was in his mother's womb, uh, he knew something amazing was coming because remember when Mary uh, came to meet Elizabeth, uh, John the Baptist jumps for joy in his mother's womb right when Mary shows up because there's Jesus too. Um, so, so he is ready. His whole life is ready to prepare, what God, uh, to prepare for what God is going to do, to prepare for what uh, Jesus is going to do next. Sometimes in our lives, we have to take moments of preparation Sometimes in our lives, it's not the actual doing of the thing that we're doing, but we need to prepare our hearts and we need to get ready for what is about to happen. And in those moments, it's important to be faithful in what we're doing, also. This applies so much to young people, but it applies to everyone. Because sometimes you, you can think and you can see something coming. Uh, I, I like the, the holidays, obviously, I, I think of Christmas time. Uh, It's fun to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but it's also fun to put up decorations. It's fun to put up lights. It's fun to go see nativity scenes around. But some of us, the holidays mean tamales, mean making fudge, mean eating, baking pies, or, or doing a lot of good food. And for me, I like the food a lot. So when I, when I come to the holidays, so even starting in Thanksgiving in November, the holidays, uh, Christmas time uh, in, in December, eating my chocolate gelt for Hanukkah, doing all of those fun things during that time, you know what I tell myself a lot of times, and I'm not sure if you guys do this, I'm talking about myself, so I'm not putting you guys on blast, I'm talking about myself, but I say, you know what, after the holidays, then I'm going to start eating healthy. After the holidays, then I'm gonna take serious my exercise bike, then I'm gonna wake up early, I'm gonna set my alarm clock early, and then I'm gonna start running, and then I'm gonna do the things that will help take care of my body. There, there are times when we say something, but if you don't do it, you're not actually doing it and i just think about those holiday times and i'm like i'm trying to hype myself up i'm trying to prepare myself but you know what happens a lot of times january 1st ooh we're in it we're doing good and then january 2nd already it's like you know what i was happier on the couch eating my ruffles i was happier doing whatever i still have some i still have some tamales in the freezer i'm going to take them out i like to i like to fry them up in the morning so they're nice and crispy and then have some eggs also like you know all of a sudden what I was preparing for might not actually happen. So when we're preparing for something, it's important that you take it seriously so that you can see that come to fruition in our lives. Now, good thing for us that the, the promise of a Savior, the promise of a Messiah, the, 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 all the prophets, all the prophecies, and everything were something that really came to pass and really happened, and we see that with Jesus coming right after this time of John the Baptist preparing the way. Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6 will take us to our second point already. So this is not on your page, so I need someone with the Bible, hopefully um, someone with a New Living Translation. Is there someone that would like to read for us? Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. All right, I want to get a mixture of everyone involved. I want to choose everyone. I'll I'll go right here, Maddie. So we're on Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled, and the mountains and hills made level. The The curves... Will be straightened and the rough places made smooth, and then all the pe- all people will see the salvation sent from God. Good job. Let's put it to, put our hands together for Maddie. Good job. You like Kit Kat, Rolo, Whopper? Oh, I found a Reese's in here too. Hershey's. Rolo. That sounds pretty good. All right. Point number two. To me, this one's really important because at Life Church we have a couple key verses. We know that death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? It is one thing to think something in your head, and it's another thing to say it. Have you ever thought that? I mean, I'm just I'm just right here on the idea of dieting. Have you ever thought that? Oh, I'm going to start eating well, and you think it to yourself, but you're like, but I'm not going to tell my friends because once I tell my friends, they're gonna know what I'm up to, and I'm not gonna squeak by and not do it, right? So if you wanna keep yourself accountable, you're gonna say it out loud. I'm gonna tell my wife, I'm gonna tell Tim, I'm gonna tell uh, tell my friends, and they're gonna keep me accountable. Oh, I thought you weren't eating sweets. What is that big ice cream cone there, buddy? Um, I, I'm not calling you guys out, I'm calling myself out here. Um, the key for me, on what leads us to point number two, is right there in verse four. It says, Isaiah had spoken of John when he said. Notice he is saying it out loud. And then it goes on to even say, he is a voice shouting. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. This is not something that is kept in your mind. This is not something that you hide away somewhere else. This is a... Declaration, point number two this morning is we need to declare the word of the Lord. So not only did John prepare the way, and we need to prepare our hearts, but we also need to declare the word of the Lord. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If we hide it inside, try to not say it too loud, then maybe someone won't know. And maybe we can get away with not doing it. But if we proclaim it, if we say it, if we declare it, then someone else is going to know. Someone else can keep us accountable. But in John's in John's purpose here is he is trying to help other people. Can you imagine if he just kept it to himself? And, he, and he's just like, you know what? They'll figure it out at some point. Obviously, the work of Jesus is enough. But the people there, the, the, the disciples and the, the ones, he, he started getting people ready. He started cultivating the ground. He started preparing the way. And he didn't keep it to himself. He did it by declaring the word of the Lord. It is so awesome when we see that, um, that this prophecy is coming to pass. Now, there, there is no doubt about it that Jesus is who he says he is. There is no doubt about it that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who came to save the world. There's no doubt about it, and John says it right here, and he links it to the prophetic word given by Isaiah in the Old Testament. He says, the valleys will be filled, the mountains and hills made level, the curves will be straightened, the rough places made smooth, and all the people will see the salvation from God. Uh, I I like this, and it goes with the idea of preparation, that it's like a, a weird word. The hills are flattened, and the roads smooth. The 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 word here is that if you prepare your heart, you, you declare his word, then the path will be made easy for you. If you prepare your heart and declare God's word, the path will be made much easier for you to then accept what is about to happen. To then realize that Jesus is the Messiah. He died on the cross and I can accept his salvation because you have cultivated in your heart that I am ready I don't want to be sinful. I don't want to separate myself from God. I don't want to return to all these things that I've been going to. I want to be prepared and ready for this work of Jesus in my life. If we are able to declare God's word, we see it right here in Scripture that God will make the path easy for us. Now, sometimes in our lives, we can see a straight path. You can see the, no- the way to go. And we can still get lost and still get messed up. So that's not to say that you don't have to work hard to stay on the path. But God is saying that if you prepare your hearts, declare his word, that path will be straightened in front of you. Now, there are other circumstances. There are other things going on in our lives. We do need to work hard. But if we prepare, we will be set up better to do that. Next, we come to an interesting section. Uh, We're going to go through verses 7 through 9. And we're going to come to an interesting section uh, about John preparing people for what Jesus is about to do. So do I have someone that would like to read New Living Translation? Luke chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. All right, I'm coming. I saw the hand in the back. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. What can do you like? There is. The Reese's. That's the good choice. Um, this is an interesting passage that gets mixed in here um, which leads us to point number three this morning is that we need to repair. So if you've realized we're on a little rhyming scheme here, prepare, declare, repair. We need to repair a misconception that these people have because in the Old Testament they were the people of God, they were the chosen ones and they knew that God was on their side, but. John is one of the first ones here to point out that it's not just who you are, it's how you act, it's how you live, it, it, it is the, the actions of, of your life, it's the choices that you make if you decide to follow Jesus or not, and, and, and he comes in really strong, right, He comes in, in this version, it says, you brood of snakes. It says, do you think just because who you are is going to get you into heaven? Do you think just because you have some type of status, do you think just because your parents dragged you to church, or just because this happened, or just because that happened, you can put on a good face? Just because you showed up to church, you can act the way that you want the rest of the week. Just because... You're putting on that good Christian face certain times. But then you are doing other things. He, he goes on to, to say to them that you have sinned. He goes on to say you've turned away from God. He says those of you guys who have actually put that divisive barrier in between you and God and just think because you have a status you are going to get into heaven or when the Messiah comes, you're automatically going to be grandfathered into this idea. I'm God's chosen people. So I'm going to all of a sudden automatically enter in to the new covenant. Well, John is preparing some hearts, right? He he, he is letting people know he's declaring the word of the Lord, but he's saying, you have some, you have some things to do. You have to repair this tarnished image that you have. Some of us in our lives, uh, have had wrong intentions in our heart even though we've put on a good front. Some of us have had all the best intentions in the world. Some of us have tried to do good things but for some reason someone else has had a wrong perception of you. Some of us have had someone take us the wrong way when we're trying to do something right and something good, and we need to repair those situations, we need to repair those areas of our lives, we need to repair our heart so that it is not us trying to put on a good face or a good front or a good mask, but it's us really trying to have God's love changing who we are on the inside of our heart, and we know when we do that, it will then affect every area of our life so we don't have to put on a face or we don't have to act or we don't have to do a certain thing. God wants us to repair those areas of our lives where there might be misintention, where there might be misperception, where there might be something uh, that that we thought was one way but we realize is completely different. Um, And and this works for for young people when I talk to them a lot. And I know the the older, more experienced people People, you guys have this down, right? That you go to church, you're a good Christian, you read your Bible, so every decision you make the rest of the week is nice and easy. Um, but for young people, it's hard because you have people around you that might say, oh, I thought you went to church, but I saw you doing this. Or you're acting this way, but you're telling me you're a Christian. Or you're doing this and you're doing that. Or, or, or maybe I see you on your social media putting pictures of your Bible notes, but then I see you doing something else. Or I see you with your thousands of followers, and you have all of this good, perfect life pictures, but I know you're really hurting and broken inside. I, I think that the, 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 one of the harshest things about social media, and I talk to our, our, our young people about this a lot, I think one of the harshest things about social media is that when you look online, you see the highlight reels. You see how awesome everything is. You know, uh, you, you can, uh, I, I also think about like watching just the highlights of, of a basketball game. You know, you can watch the highlights and in two minutes you saw every point scored, you saw every cool slam dunk, you saw every three-pointer made, but what they don't show you in the highlight reel is that for every three-pointer made, they missed four other ones. For every slam dunk, there was someone that probably stepped in the lane and got a charging foul or got, you know, there, there's all these other things that are happening in the event of the game that don't make it to the highlight reel, and that is what social media fakes us out. We think that we look online and we see this person has it together, we see all these amazing things, we see all these likes, we see this perfect life of all the people around us, and then we wonder, why is my life not perfect? Why am I going through issues? Why am I having troubles when everyone else seems to have everything together? Well, the truth is that we are all going through real life, and we are all struggling and trying to be right with God, and we are all trying to to live life in a world that is full of lies and darkness and evil but we're trying to trying to be good. And, and when we look online, we see all, all this perfection. And, we, and when we look at ourselves, we wonder, what, what's wrong with me if I'm, if I'm feeling this way at certain times? What's wrong with me if I have doubt once in a while? What's wrong with me if I look in the mirror and I'm just sad and I don't even want to look in the mirror? What's, what's wrong with me if I have all these issues in my life and I look online, and I see everyone else is perfect. The reality is social media, it, it just puts on a fake front. And, and we need to be able to realize that, yes, if you want to go and share your pictures of your meal, go for it. If you want to share, like, like there's there's people online that have come up to me, and I, I don't know, I think I, I posted going to a, a basketball game. And they're like, oh, that that's cool, and, and especially... This is a throwback. I used to work at In-N-Out, and they give gave tickets to the box a lot. So I would go. Uh, I would go to the Lakers games a lot more often back then, um, and, and I would post pictures of being in one of those like VIP boxes at, at Staples Center, like acting like I was all cool. It had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the tickets that they gave to me. But it's like, wow! Not only is he going Laker game, but he's in a VIP box. He must be loaded, and he's gone there multiple times this e- like. No, I, I worked at In-N-Out, and yes, my boss's 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 boss gave me some tickets, and it was cool that I got to go, but people online don't see that and don't know that. People online just see every highlight moment, and then if I post one Laker game, and then the next Laker game, and the next Laker game, I'm not posting in the middle of the week. I'm, I'm just, you know, at home, studying. That's, that doesn't make it to the highlight reel. I'm not uh, hanging out with my family watching a cooking show. That doesn't make it to the highlight reel. Sometimes it does. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, just the, the random Monday morning doesn't make it to the highlight reel. And we get focused too much on the highlight reel. And then we realize that our lives aren't perfect Well, no one's life is perfect. We need to repair what's going on inside of our heart and know that God wants to do something inside of our heart that will affect the rest of our lives, not us putting on a fake picture to make us other people think that we have everything going on. Uh, we have two more points. So we know that John the Baptist has already prepared us and told us that something amazing is happening. He told us to turn away from our sin. We know that he starts declaring, even shouting, even, uh, even saying it out loud when when people think he's weird in the wilderness. So we have preparation, we have uh, declaration, uh, we have this idea that we need to repair some of the areas of our hearts that that have been hidden or broken off or sectioned off. Uh, Then Luke chapter three, verses 10 through 14 comes with the response to these people. Uh, These these people say, you called me a brood of snakes, so uh, what do I do about that? So uh, (laughs) verses 10 through 14 will be on that. Do I have someone that would like to read for us? I saw the hand last time, so I was gonna come over here, but if you still want to. All right, I'm gonna come sit right next to you. Thank you. All right, so we are on Luke 3, what did I say, 10 through 14? The crowds asked, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations, and be content with your pay. Let's put our hands together, good job. Hershey's, nice, Thank thank you. All right, so the response. There, 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 are. I like that the people here, even though you called me a snake, even though you told me I had some stuff that I need to work on in my heart, even though uh, you said some mean and nasty things to me, they didn't just run off and go cry about it. They said, what can I do? And people were showing up to John to be baptized. What can we actually do to be better? So this one Uh, I got stuck on the rhyming train, if you didn't realize yet, so we prepare, declare, repair, and point number four is we need to be aware. We need to be aware of other people besides just ourselves. A lot of what you see happening here is that they were selfish. They, They tried to be greedy. They tried to take things that weren't theirs. You see the tax collectors, he had to tell them, don't take any taxes more than what the government asked for. They're like, what, you know I'm taking extra taxes on the side for myself? Yeah, he called them out. He knew it. They say, what do you you need to do uh, to all the the soldiers? He's like, well, you don't need to be going around using your might and your strength to make other people feel like they need to pay you when that's already your job and you already get paid to do that. He says, don't extort money. Uh, they say, don't make false accusations. Um, w- what I see here and how it applies to us is because he was responding to a soldier and he was responding to a tax collector. For us, we need to be aware of the other, be aware of the other people around us, knowing that it's not just about ourselves, knowing it's not just... Me, 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 it's not just look at me, uh, it is about how we can help others, how we can take care of others, how, how there are other people around us, how we can treat others, rather than being greedy, rather than being selfish, rather than taking stuff that isn't ours. Uh, what does that mean for you and your area of life? If you're a student... And I I work in a school, too, so I've seen all these things. I'm not calling you guys out saying you do this, but if you're a student, it doesn't mean forcing someone else to carry your bag to class for you because you're the star basketball player. If you're a student, it doesn't mean making other people do your schoolwork. If you're a student, it means that you're aware of everyone else And you should include people in your lunchtime activities, in the times that you spend that's not in class. If you are someone who has a job, it means do your job right. To the tax collector, he says, don't go stealing other people's money and telling them they owe more than they do. To the soldier, he says, don't throw your power around and bully people. To the office worker, it says, "Don't steal from your company by sitting there doing nothing." To someone that is um, a creative, I think God would want you to be creative in a way that gives Him glory. To to your area of life, I think God wants you to do your job well. Now, obviously. Um, There are certain people that are highly skilled at certain jobs and certain people that I'm not as skilled at that job. God doesn't expect of you something that is not who you are, but he wants you to do your best where you are. He wants you not to cheat other people. He wants you not to deceive other people. He wants you not to be greedy, not to be selfish. He wants you to be aware of the people around you and do what you know is right. Uh, you, You remember John the Baptist is preparing people for a work of salvation. He's preparing people to get their hearts right. He's preparing people uh, to have an easy, the easiest path possible to get to Jesus when Jesus dies on the cross for them. He wants people to be ready. And if people are so wrapped up in how I can get an advantage over someone else, or how I can cheat the system to do this or that, or how I can uh, make people feel less than me, I think you need to be aware that God wants you to put others above yourself, I think you need to be aware that God wants you to love others, to, to do your job well. God wants you to do those things. Um, God wants to open our eyes beyond ourselves. He wants us to be aware of other people, other needs, and other people's well being. I think that's good for, for us because when Jesus comes and Jesus dies on the cross and Jesus makes salvation possible, it's not just for us. It's for us to live a life where we shine the light for everyone else. God wants us to be aware of the people around us. Uh, we're going to get to Luke three fifteen through 18, where we're going to get our last point today, 15 to 18. We are reading to 20, but we're going to get our last point in 15 to 18. So who would like to read that for us? Let's go. All right, let's go, Joey. Oh, I forgot my Bible. Do you have yours? I got to make sure I remember my point this time. All right, Joey. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. I'm not, I can't pronounce it. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff will, with never-ending fire. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. You guys can put your hands together. Good job, Joey. You got the chaff and the wheat in there, good job. Um, so in this section, people are realizing this, that this John dude, John the Baptist, he's a pretty cool dude. He uh, is telling them some things that are very important. He is actually speaking kingdom truth and they're realizing, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And they get something confused real quick. They said, all these things that you're talking about, is this about you? And then John, 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 John is all like, no, 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 it's not me. He's like, not only is it not me, I'm not even worthy enough to tie the shoes of the one who I'm talking about. And he goes on to tell them that although I am baptizing you in water, which is very important, Uh, if you have not been baptized in water, I suggest uh, talk to someone, talk to a church leader. Baptism in water is awesome. It shows our, uh, it, it symbolizes our inward decision of putting our old self to death and coming up with new life. It symbolizes putting away our sinful ways and turning to God, right? Um so so John the Baptist is talking about I'm I'm baptizing in water, which is good. But the one who comes after me he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And if you really want to change your lives, you need to get this Holy Spirit inside of you. Now we live in the New Testament, we live uh we live in the time where this has already happened and this is already available. Uh, when you say yes to Jesus and invite God into your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, but but, but the Word also says that you can have uh, a saturation or a baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, and, and God wants to give giftings and, and it's just exciting and it's powerful and, and John is trying to prepare people for this. He, he is saying, I'm doing a good work and this is important but When Jesus comes, he's going to not only provide the way of salvation, but he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. He's going to meet you right where you are, right in the middle of your sin, right in the middle of your circumstance, right in the middle of your doubt, right in the middle of your addiction, right in the middle of your wrongdoing, right in the middle of your struggle. Right in the middle of wherever you are, and Jesus is going to give the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, and it is said so many times, the Holy Spirit is not only an advocate or a helper, um, but He is one who guides, who comforts, who who loves, who who helps you live your life. And John is saying here that you guys are seeing something that is very awesome and this is cool, but actually, on the level of coolness, this has nothing compared to what God wants to do in your life because He wants to empower you to live the best life possible. He wants to empower you to be able to resist that sin. He wants to empower you to be able to stay away from the temptation. He wants to empower you to show love to a dark world who needs it so much more than anything else. And He wants to give you the boldness and the courage to do it and he is going to and he says you might think this is cool but what jesus has for you is so much better and and john is trying to get people to understand that something is ama- amazing is about to happen he's, he's trying to get them to understand that, that what jesus has for you is so much better than anything else in your life. And and he even says that, that you don't have to come to this watering hole. You don't have to even, it doesn't have to happen in a church building. You don't have to go somewhere amazing. God will meet you wherever you're at. So point number five this morning is anywhere. And as we have had rhyming words this morning talking about that John the Baptist wants us to prepare our hearts. He wants to to declare his prophetic word. He wants us to repair those misconceptions and wrong intentions of our lives. He wants us to be aware of other people besides just ourselves. But he wants us to know that he will meet us anywhere. That where you are sitting right now, God has love and a plan for you. Where you are, Tomorrow, when you go to work or when you go to school, where you are in the middle of your darkest moments, God is there. And what I love about this passage and and what John gets to do is he gets to set up the best moment in history. He gets to set up the best moment in history. You know, I um, I saw a middle school basketball game the other day. And I would love to say this story is about uh, the team that I was there to watch, but it was actually about the other team. The other team, they had this play and they got on a fast break. And and y- I forget what number he was, he's running up and he had already scored a bunch of points and they're on a fast break and he could have easily just went and put the layup in. But he looks at his buddy and he like nods at him, gives him some big eyes and he threw him a little alley-oop. And this is middle school, so it's not like it was an alley-oop and a dunk and like the crowd didn't go crazy, like it wasn't like that. But he gave him this little alleyoop, and he jumps up, and he makes the layup. And, and I thought to myself, like, how awesome is that, that he looked to, to set up his friend? And when I think about John the Baptist, and I think about him preparing the way for Jesus, this is the best alley in history, because he wanted to set up Jesus for The monumental slam dunk (laughs) and I just see, I I, I mean, you know, I work with youth, I see Jesus coming in on the big monster poster slam dunk and then John the Baptist running off like this on the side, you've seen that poster, Um, you know, I, I see that happening and John the Baptist is saying, yes, you guys are seeing some awesome stuff go on, yes, I am preaching to you guys about kingdom things. I'm telling you guys to turn away from your sin, which is so important. Uh, I am telling you that God is coming. We need to declare his goodness. I'm telling you guys that there's some areas of your lives that you need to repair and make sure you get it right because you shouldn't be doing all this wonky stuff. You shouldn't be going back to that sin you keep going back to. You shouldn't be mean and nasty and crusty if you're supposed to be a Christian full of life, full of positivity. You, you shouldn't be a judgmental person. You, you should work to repair that in your heart and need to be aware that other people around you see what you are doing. And if you are supposed to be a Christian, then you're treating people poorly or treating people like they're less than you or, or just being mean and rude. Like, people see that. You need to be aware of those things. When people see that you're just lazy and rude and nasty, people see that. You need to get it together. Because what I'm telling you is about to go down and it's about to be serious. And I'm telling you some pretty cool stuff, he says. But he goes on to say what Jesus is going to do, it's so much better. What Jesus is going to do, it is so much better. And when we have that realization that we've been waiting for, when we have this prophetic picture come to fruition, when Jesus takes the cross and He pays the price for our sin, I want you guys to be ready. This morning, I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm actually um, going to ask if any young people, if you are comfortable praying with people, they're going to they're going to come to the front. Uh, and if you want to pray with someone about, about your heart, maybe there's, some, maybe there's one of these points that, that stuck with you this morning. To, to me, when I go through and I see like there's some areas that I need to repair or I need to be aware of some of these things, those are like big ones. Or maybe I've been hiding some things and I need to just declare those, that God's word, I've been a little too afraid to say it and I need to just say it out loud. Um, may, maybe you are catching on to to you need to prepare for something awesome that's coming, but you need to actually walk it out and not, not let it linger. Maybe you thought you had to be someone or something or someone else to deserve God's love, or you had to go to a certain location to deserve God's love. God will meet you anywhere. God loves you. He has a plan. He wants the very best for you. Now, what we're talking about is obviously already happened 2,000 years ago, and as John the Baptist was preparing, he's preparing for Jesus, and I know that we're going through the book of Luke, and we're going to read all the, the rest of the amazing things. Next week, Jesus is going to get baptized, and he's going to start his ministry. It's going to get amazing, but let, just to let you know, a little spoiler, we're going to come to a point where Jesus takes a cross, and he goes through the most sacrificial moment in history, the most pain ever, so that he could pay the price for you so that he could pay the price for your sin, which was separation from God. And now we can receive forgiveness and have a relationship with God. Now, if you are in here this morning and your relationship with God is amazing, praise God. But even if you wanted to come up and receive prayer for just, you know what? I I don't even know if I have a relationship with God. Come come receive prayer for that. Or if there's another point that stuck out to you and you just wanna pray with someone, we're gonna be available. Uh, When I pray and close, We're going to have a great day. If you want to go, that's awesome. If you want to stick around and get some prayer, uh, come on up to the front at the end. God, we come to you this morning. We thank you so much for an awesome day. God, I thank you that as we came to Youth Sunday, as we saw young people lead us, we saw young people lead us into worship. We saw young people tell us the stories of what you've done. God, I pray that that would inspire us to be who you have called us to be. I pray that we would learn from these young people. God, as we looked to the book of Luke this morning and we see John the Baptist trying to prepare the way, we see that he was separate. He separated himself for an important mission, that he was to prepare the way for the most amazing event in history. And he wasn't quiet about it. He declared that. He shouted it. He made it loud. I pray that we would be loud in our lives for the right reasons. God, I pray that you would work on our hearts and repair anything uh, that we have done wrong, any misconceptions that we've had, any places we've messed up. God, I pray that we would be aware of the people around us, the work that you are doing. And, God, I know that you can work and you can move anywhere, even right now in this room, but even later on when we're at home, tomorrow when we're at work or school, that you can work and move in our lives. So, God, we give it all to you. God, we give it all to you. I pray that we would truly have that Holy Spirit with us to guide us, to empower us, to comfort us, to lead us, to hold us up. I pray that we would live this life the way you have called us. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.